Hi, I'm Katie, a hospitality educator and the host of Making Room by Gather podcast. I am set to see our communities get back to the table through hospitality, but it wasn't always this way. My husband and I moved to Thailand and through it, I experienced some loneliness. And with it, I was given a choice to sit back and accept it or to do something about it. And for me, that meant two things, that I needed the healing to learn how to accept an invitation and the confidence to know how to extend one. Through this process, I developed some of the richest and deepest relationships of my life, which means that I know you can too. It just requires a few things. Through Making Room by Gather, you will hear conversations from myself and experts in the areas of food, design, and relationships. You see, there are countless things trying to keep us from the table, but can I tell you something? Take a seat because you are ready you are capable, you are a good host. Welcome back to Making Room. This episode is such a fun one for me, and it is a little bit silly, but the total honest truth. So a few weeks ago, I actually share this at the beginning of the episode, the conversation with Brittany. Um, I was watching a reality TV show that everyone was talking about called Claim to Fame. And I love this kind of show. I find it very intriguing. I was really interested to learn who everyone was related to, who their claim to fame was. And there was this guest or that one of the contestants, I guess, on the show, and her name was Brittany. And I just remember thinking, you know, you guys hear me talk about friend chemistry all the time. And I totally thought I could be friends with this girl. And so I was following a bunch of people from the show because I found them to be interesting, but I followed her too. And I actually messaged her and said, hey, you know, would you like to come on our podcast? I was not expecting a response. And she was super, super sweet. And after she kind of scrolled through our Instagram, I guess, she said, actually, I'm hoping to grow in the area of hospitality as well. And so it became this very natural conversation of learning um, from her from because her dad is Brett Favre, a very reputable, well-known football player. She lived most of her life in the spotlight and seeing what that was like, what effects that played on loneliness, on hospitality, on community. And so we're going to learn a lot from her. But then on the second end of the episode, she is actually going to turn around and or I'm going to give the mic to her and she is going to ask me questions about hospitality as well. So this is a really unique episode um, of really, really fun one. So I hope that you guys go ahead and watch the show. Go watch Claim to Fame. It was so interesting and such a fun watch. And of course, go ahead and support our new friend, Brittany Favre as well. Let's get into the conversation. Okay. So I know I told you and a few of my friends who make fun of me, but I was watching Claim to Fame and love the show. I love Kevin Jonas. All of it was just like right up my alley. And I remember, you know, the episodes that you were on, I texted my friend Kayla and I was like, we would totally be friends with her, wouldn't we? (laughs) And I teach a lot about friend chemistry at Gather and how to like kind of pay attention to that because I feel like God kind of gives us that. I don't know. I know that sounds so silly. A hundred percent. And that's something I moved around a lot and I moved back here, my hometown in like adult life and everybody already had their friends. And, or they went to college here. So they have friends from college. So Mm -hmm. I've had to like readdress and like break into girlfriend groups. And it's really intimidating. It's hard to do. It's not easy. It is not easy. It's not. But you were like super sweet with me. Like I was not expecting a DM back or anything, but you were like, not only is this like super sweet, but I'm curious about hospitality. So it all... Oh, I, you said I could ask five questions. I put five. I have two part questions. I have lots of questions. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. So let's, yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Let's dive into all this. So I want to start off by hearing a little bit more about you and then you could put me on the spot. Does it sound good? Sure. Do that. Okay. This is the first, we, people have been asking for reverse interviews for a while because I don't get behind the mic to answer questions a lot. So this will be the first. So um, I obviously know a little bit about you, like a super small snip from the show. Um, but tell me, tell me what you want people to know about your childhood. Ooh. Um, so my childhood was a little bit like, I remember, um, sort of all the milestones that happened. Um, I remember 
like I have snippets of the big memories. So I remember when my dad went to Atlanta and he sent me like a a windsuit, like an Atlanta tracksuit. And it was <laughs> so exciting. And I was like, I don't know what this is or what this means, but look, this is so cool. <laughs> um, but it was like a a little bit chaotic, a little bit uncertain. You know, it was um both my parents come from very small I don't want to say impoverished, but not enough money to cover the, you know, expenses every month sort of thing. And um, so it all kind of, it feels like it all happened really fast. But I guess to my dad and to my mom, it didn't. You know, my mom worked a lot of jobs before, before they got married. I just lived with my mom. Um, And she worked really hard and I never, you know, things would happen. We would have to, to cut back on certain, you know everyday things but she made it work and she supported my dad and trying to to make his career work and then it it feels like it feels like one day it just happened and you're just kind of thrust from this like tiny little one-bedroom apartment to like you know this lifestyle that I can't even imagine you know it was totally different it was a huge um a huge whirlwind I guess and it seems like it just happened in a matter of days. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, it's really just like remarkable just how quickly things can change, like you said. But I realized to go back, we didn't say, I mean, I know, but who is your dad for those who don't know? Oh, yeah. My dad's for and all those things. So my dad's <laughs> Brett Favre. Um, he started started out small town Mississippi, mm-hmm. um, not recruited. I think he was like eighth string quarterback. He signed as like a defensive end or something. Anyway, he ended up uh, getting drafted to Atlanta, didn't play there, traded to Green Bay. We were there for 16, I want to say 16 years. And then there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened after that that we okay. <laughs> kind of like the era of like ups and downs and who knows. And you know, sure. yeah. <laughs> he survived though. still alive, still kicking. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um, okay, good. And do you, I'm just super curious. Are you still like a football fan? Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. are. Okay. I can yeah, see it going either like, way. So I wasn't it's like sure. part of your, it's like your whole life. Like it's not just like a thing on the weekend, you know, it's your whole life and you keep up with it because we still have a lot of, now a lot of my dad's, um, colleagues are like coaches and, or they have kids playing. So it's kind of like, a, it's a, it's a weird dysfunctional family. <laughs> I know that well in different settings. I mostly like football season because it's like a consistent season where I could gather and eat. <laughs> yeah. I need, yes. I need you to educate me properly on this. Okay, so that that's <laughs> huge because I took for granted as a kid every weekend we either had people in town mm-hmm. and my mom was entertaining constantly from like Thursday to Monday. And wow. we always had people in our house, a full house every weekend. And then if it was an away game, we still hosted events for like, you know, the wives that stayed in town and all that kind of stuff. So my mom was this hostess every single weekend. And I kind of now as an adult, I'm like, how? Yeah, it's a lot. How did she do that? How did she always make sure that, you know, the guest towels were folded beautifully and everyone that stayed in our house had this like little gift basket when they arrived. And I'm like, barely, I'm like, I have pizza rolls in the freezer. I'm like, I'm struggling to, to imagine how she even did that. You know, it's a lot. Ask her. That'd be a fun conversation. (laughs) I do. I do. And she's like, it's just, it's not about me. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's Oh my goodness. Well, I'm excited to get to the second part because we'll unpack that a little bit more. Okay. Yes. So you just told us some of the big differences you noticed, um, during your, your home. Um, would you say it was mostly, was it mostly good and exciting for you? It was mostly good and exciting because I, my mom was really big on both my parents were like, this could be gone. Like, you know, your dad could get hurt and this could not exist. So don't put too much stock in it, sort of. Like, mm-hmm. it's very cool that we have all these experiences and we have this, but like one bad thing happens and it's, we're right back where we started. So it was yeah. like a, it was like a big trip to Disney World all the time. Like, <laughs> you're just what? This is crazy. And you kind of take it with all this excitement because you're like, no way. (laughs) You you don't 
take any of it for granted. Yeah. You know, and um, dad has a lot of colleagues that were on top of the world and then weren't. So, you know, it happens. It happens to us. It happens to a lot of people. And so you just don't take any of it for granted. And when you go through it with that mindset, it's all exciting. Yeah. But then there's a lot of the negative stuff because, you know, you a lot of people don't realize if you're not in the public, you get to make mistakes. You get to do things and nobody's going to call you out and constantly post about you. And, you know, it's not going to get this huge eruption. Like, you know, I have friends that have gone through like really bad divorces and nobody's making Facebook posts about their, yeah, <laughs> their right. divorce. So it's kind of yeah. like, um, and then everything like whatever happens in the media is gospel to people. So, you know, no matter if someone's got an angle that they want to pursue or they've got this salacious kind of manipulated, twisted details, like that becomes gospel. And even though you were there and you lived it and it's a different reality than your own reality, you're like, wow, I mean, that's what people believe. But it's also like a, a really good way of weeding out people in your life. I let it go. I don't I don't wow. correct anyone. I never correct people. I just kind of sit back and watch and see who reads between the lines and who doesn't. And that's, that's how I, I keep my circle, you know, hard, but healthy, but man, all the things in that, right. (laughs) Goodness. Okay. So with that, it's a good segue. So I think, um, not all of us, but some of us one way or another have some kind of, we can call them like celebrity contact, I guess, or like person of status contact, um, like in our lives. Um, and so I've heard from people in our community, it's some people, some of our uh, listeners like go to church with someone like this, or you just see them at the store. It could look like a whole bunch of different things. Um, I think that there is an overall uh, cultural uncertainty on what to do, right? <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. Like, do you know what I'm yeah. trying to say? And so yeah. I kind of want to hear from you based on your experience. Like when you have these interactions in normal everyday life community, what are some of the things you wish people knew? Okay. I have a unique on this because I'm like one degree of separation. So mm-hmm. I've gotten to watch it. I'm not recognizable. Like I can go live yeah. my life and nobody, I mean, around here, I live in a small town, so everybody knows me, sure. but not because of that. They just know me yeah. <laughs> because I grew up here, you know, um, friendliness is always ac- accepted. Friendliness mm-hmm. is always just saying hello is never going to annoy a person who's just a warm, genuine, mm-hmm. kind person. Um, but what I have noticed is that we don't give the same grace to celebrities that we do to just everyday people. Like I, I felt myself in a bad mood and I'm at the grocery store and I'm just kind of like stomping around trying to get my stuff done. And I'm not in a mood to have a conversation. Of course, no one's approaching me yeah. to tell me their life story and why I need to take a picture with them or anything like that. Right. <laughs> but, but I can imagine. Like if I have my hair in a messy bun and I'm just trying to get, go about my day and get things finished, you know, and I'm grouchy and maybe someone comes up to me, I might not be able to, to put it on, you know, I might not be able to be like, hi, and make it a great experience for them. Like I'm a performer, you know? And so I can't imagine what that's like to have to, to have that expectation of just being on all the time. Hmm. So, you know, I would say there's also like a time and a place that's really appropriate to have a full conversation and, and to talk about things. But if you see someone like running their errands, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe just like a hello and a sweet, you know, like a, yeah. a friendly thing. But, um, you know, my dad's one complaint was always like, we got very few like family dinners, oh, like wow. just, us out. And so when you're sitting at a table with your family and it's a really rare thing because of your work schedule, people coming up constantly to the table, you're kind of like, oh, not right now. Can and he would always be really nice about it. He's wow. way friendlier than, you know, a lot of people. <laughs> he would always be like, catch me afterwards. Like when you see me sign the bill, catch me afterwards and I'll take the picture or I'll do whatever. Hmm. Um but, you know, it's just like I've seen people, you know, at my job that are having a bad day and you kind of like give them their space and maybe don't, maybe I'll yeah. talk to you next time I see you, <laughs> but, oh, good. but we don't give that same grace to people. And you'll see, like, I've seen it on the internet. They're like, I saw him 
at a restaurant one time and he was not friendly. And I'm like, your dad? Yeah. Like, oh, I see it all the time. And I'm like, okay, but if you had to be on 100% of the time, like, I would be definitely called out a lot. They'd be like, she kept her head down. She had headphones in. She didn't want anybody to talk to her because, like, we have those moments sometimes where we're not, you know, we're not on. It's so human. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) People forget that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Man, that's so good. I I could spend longer on that one, get it like super picky or like nitpicky, <laughs> not nitpicky, <laughs> like specific. But I want to get to the second part of the conversation because I love, I'm really going to enjoy your questions. Um, I did want to ask though, like this is just my outside looking in. Would you say that um, people in like celebrity positions experience loneliness because of that mm-hmm. experience with community? What would you say to that? Yeah, I think... I think looking at it sort of as a case study, <laughs> like if I'm examining the experience that my dad had, yeah. you're a little bit weary of um, of people and it's mm-hmm. just based on their personal experiences. So maybe you had a, a friend who you thought was a friend and then the next thing you know, the thing you confided in them about is now being spread around or, mm-hmm. you know, you you just have this natural mistrust because I get it. Like it's interesting to have inside information or juicy gossip or something like that it's there's a reason that it's a vice for people because it's it's it feels good to have that piece of information but there's a lot of um mistrust especially initially um thankfully like my family is not we're we're probably transparent to a fault <laughs> like it gets us in trouble to be a little bit too you know, sharing too much. Um, but I think that it can be very lonely. Um, just because you can't, you don't have the the luxury of just trusting people right off the bat and you can't develop friendships through a normal way. You just kind of have to be really cautious of everyone. Um, but I think that the human part of it overrides any of the celebrity. The celebrity stuff's just kind of nonsense, really. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just more people know your name than other people's name. Like it's not, wow. it's so shallow and meaningless that when you can make human connections, like um, inviting someone over for dinner, yeah, is more meaningful than trying to get something from them or making them feel like you're trying to get something from them. Like inviting them into your space. Wow. So you're saying saying that's a good thing because I've had that question with people at church and it's time to like launch new small groups and they're like, is it okay? Like, is that going to be received? Okay. You know? Yeah. And it's probably so much my case, but I trust your insight. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of celebrities feel like everybody wants a piece of them for their Mm -hmm. own gain. So if you can make someone it's sort of disarming to be like, I don't want anything from you. I want to have you in my home and entertain you. That's such a like, it's so powerful. And it's kind of taken for granted by like, you know, a lot. I kind of take it for granted. I kind of assume people know how I feel about them on the surface and they don't, they don't always. And, you know, I hear words like, um, this happened to me a lot whenever I was, especially in college and, you know, young adult, um, I'd be like, I really feel like they don't like me. They never invite me anywhere. They, it's like they don't want me to be a part of it. And one of my very dear friends was like, because you're kind of, they're kind of intimidated. Oh and I'm like, God. are you nuts? <laughs> what, are you, <laughs> what are you intimidated about? And it's because, you know, they're like, well, they think you're like fancy. I'm like, I'm the least fancy person. I have the lowest expectations. <laughs> yeah, you're so funny. So yeah, that, that's real. Yeah, but I think yeah. that people get, they think that there's like, higher expectations or that I'm used to something different. And I'm like, dude, that's not, no, that's not even close. Wow. But if you don't get to know someone, you can't know that about them. You know, if you just never invite them over or invite them to be a part of whatever it is that you're doing, everybody needs a sense of community. Nobody's immune to that. Wow. Listen to you, girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> it's powerful. Um, Okay. So now's the fun part. So this is that reverse interview part that, um, yeah, I just, I'm going to pass kind of like the mic to you a little bit. So kind of sum up what you said to me, like, okay, did I quote it in here? You, 
Basically, I just said you're looking to grow in the area of hospitality. So tell yeah. me, name your um, hospitality pain points to me. What give? Okay. What makes your stomach sick when you think about hospitality? Okay. Well, preface this with, I always sort of keep to myself, just it's a natural thing to keep to myself. I feel like if I keep to myself, I'm definitely not doing any harm. Okay. But what I realized is that I am sort of, it's sort of sinful okay. to to keep myself from that fellowship that is kind of commanded of me, right? I'm yep. supposed to fellowship with my community. And I was like, oh, I'm not good at that. So <laughs> there's all, I've had to examine this myself before we even met and talked about any of this. I sort of examined why, what's preventing me from being a bigger part of my community. And the biggest thing, actually, this is a two part. And I don't know how to get over this is the perfection hurdle and the burnout of even just hosting a friend in like a a kid is at my house and the mom comes in and is coming to pick up her kid, for example, something that small. Mm -hmm. My fear is that she's going to look around my home (laughs) and it's not perfect. So I won't even invite people into my house if it's not perfect. And I'm sure there's people out there that think I don't like them. Because I don't ask them to come in. Yeah, it's real. And then I get so burnt out whenever, because that has to be perfect. And then I'm so tired and I'm so burnt out of the whole thing afterwards. So you're not burnt out about the details. You're not burnt out by the cooking, cleaning, all that stuff. You're burnt out by the emotional, like, perfection standard. The perfection hurdle. Yeah, I wrote perfection hurdle like burnout. Perfe- okay. So one of the things that I say, and it's a... A little bit simple, but profound. And I hope this helps. But if not, we could dive into it a little bit further. I think the biggest problem that we're facing as a generation is we're um, we're always waiting for someone else to go first, or we're always waiting for something to change, right? And that's all of us can say that to lose weight, to get our hair done, to buy the new couch, you know, all those different things. And so we're not gathering. But what happens, the truth is the table is such a healing place and transformational place and place of connection that when it comes down to it, everyone's so lonely, they're just hungry for that. Mm-hmm. They just want that. Everything else that's taught and inspired and whatever is like the cherry on top. But the most impactful and the reason behind all of it is just like sitting at that table. And so I, I try to encourage people to kind of change your mindset with the goal of the whole thing mm-hmm. and to just, man, I know it gets me a little bit emotional. We go <laughs> from like impressed to n- nurture, right? Like again, you f- like, because I'm trying to in- impress people instead and, of nurture people. Well, it's because it's what culture taught you, I think, honestly. And that's what we're trying to rewrite a little bit. I think hospitality culture taught us everything you do is through the lens of how does this make me look? And we're mm-hmm. trying to make mm-hmm. that shift to how does this make you feel? And so- so really like, yeah, does that make sense? Like the shift from- yeah, I'm writing that down. Up, yeah, to how does <laughs> it make you feel? And it takes the pressure off. Now, I know that still requires a little bit of intentionality, right? Like um, I'm trying to think of like, there was like a phrase that I used to give and it's not coming to my mind right now, but really the table is what people need. People need a place to belong, yeah. like you were saying. And that invitation. Do you, feel like have, Pinterest, like, do you feel like social media, maybe even like Pinterest yeah. is what set these standards for us? Like I remember growing up in the nineties and going to people, everybody's houses were, everybody's house was ugly in the nineties. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. And people and on now, Instagram aren't showing the couches that were sent to them for free because of collaborations. And that's why they can have lavish root, you know, like not to bash that. I think it's a beautiful thing. It's mm-hmm. wonderful marketing. But I think sometimes the truth behind this elaborate marketing like isn't told, but um, let me backtrack. So Pinterest culture doesn't show the road that it took people to get there. So like cake decorators, the cake you're seeing is probably their hundredth cake. The Mm -hmm. cheese board is their thousandth thousandth cheese board. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think it has set an unrealistic standard. Yeah. I agree. I, I, even I go to my friend's houses and 
I know that the moments are curated when I go to a dinner party. I know that they're not, that's not how they live every single day. Let me stop and ask you, how does that make you feel as a guest when you're invited and it's curated? It's twofold. I feel very um, special that they would go through. I know that they go through effort. They care that I'm, I'm coming to their house. That's wonderful. But also it makes me feel bad about, like, I want to burn my house down. Sometimes <laughs> when I see my friend. Like, I'm like, what? Because yeah. I, I can't have really nice things. My husband and I joke. I can't have super nice things right now just because I have three boys. They're nuts. They ruin everything. I can't have white anything. You know, everything's just kind of thrown. I bought this piano on Facebook. <laughs> so it's just everything is like thrown together. And when my kids graduate, I will have one of those weird houses that's always clean and I'm sure looks nice and whatever. But well, here's here's one thing that was coming to mind. I'm trying to like wrap my mind around it as you're saying it, you know. Um, but you know, people can't relate to masks and plastic and things that are superficial, right? Like we, the most meaningful connections come through when things are relatable. And so I often try to tell people don't, when someone walks in your house and you realize you didn't clean up that pile in the corner, don't say, Hey, sorry for the pile in the corner. Cause it actually draws people's attention to it. Right. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think, and also they have a pile in the corner probably. So, well, so, like, I'm- <laughs> so there's your encouragement too, because people find find that relatable and it gives them permission to kind of do the same thing and to show up and be real. And yeah, I need to unlock that a little bit more myself, honestly. Um, but I think there is, there is a middle ground between not caring at all, only opening your door when it's perfect. And I think that middle ground is what our culture is really hungry for. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Cotier Brand and the maker of Convokins. We hear so often from you guys that conversations are the hardest part at every gathering with new friends. So this is your solution. All of the napkins are created in white and gold so they could fit about just any color scheme for your party. And when you open every napkin, there is a unique question inside as a prompt for you to spark conversation with those around the table. You can get these on Amazon by just typing in Convokins or directly from their website in code GATHER15 for 15% off. Yes, and I agree. And I was um, I was reading about, um, so God is the God of order, right? So he likes order. He wants things to be tidy, neat, beautiful, whatever. But there's also this if your kids want you to sit and play a game with them and your laundry doesn't get done during that time, that's, that's the priority is the, is the children, right? Like, so there's, I'm, I'm working on making my house warm and welcoming just enough. Yes. And also living my life. Cause if you constantly, if you want to have, it's possible to have the perfect home, right? At what cost, right? Like yes. that's the balance I'm trying to find. If yeah. my kids are not participating in the balance <laughs> I, at all. <laughs> I encourage people to be aware. So usually we only think about hospitality when an event is coming, right? Mm-hmm. So we have something planned. We know the three days before we have to get ready for that event. I try to encourage people when you have downtime, like when you have a super like lull season, use that time to make the preparations you wish were in order whenever you you do have guests mm-hmm. over. So anyways, yeah. Let, no, I love that. I'm going to say that a little bit more as we keep going, but let me know um, some of the other questions. My second question. Okay. This is the most difficult because it comes from the social part and I'm not great at the social part. My best friends are the ones who know they have to impose themselves on me or I'm just not going to like, I'm just not going to make plans. You know, they invite me and they know like we're going to come over like for claim to fame, for example, they're like, we're going to come over to your house and watch it. And I'm like, sure, but I'm never going to be the one to initiate that. Okay. Good to know. For <laughs> so friends. Yeah. There's this thing that happens and I don't know if it happens after you turn 30 and then it's, mm-hmm. but it's this lingering invite like this, um, to someone I really like and I'm just getting to know. Yeah. And I say like, um, we should get together sometime. Or yes. y'all should come over for dinner sometime. We have kids the same age or something like that. Yeah. And then yeah. it just, it just hovers yeah. for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how to like do that as an adult. When you're a kid, you just call and you're like, Hey, do you want to go to my house? 
but I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to do that. No, I love this. And I have a very specific response. So I remember, this is really silly. I was listening to Joyce Meyer as a teenager or whatever. And she gave the encouragement to when, when she told someone that she was going to pray for them or whatever, she did it right then. Like she literally prayed like right then. And I was like, man, that's so practical. Cause I, myself am very forgetful. Life gets busy, whatever. So I've kind of adopted this. If I tell someone, let's get together, I take out my calendar and I plan a date right then. And I, and it, I mean, you can gauge the situation. If that's yeah. socially awkward and like bold, <laughs> then, then I'll wait until the next morning and send a text. Um, but as much as I can, I try to take out my phone and say, hey, I loved this. I think you did too. Um, you want to plan something for the first Friday of next month. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that idea. So super, because we, we know what happens, right? You leave that and it's like, am I going to call first? Are they going to call first? It's weird. It's like dating. It's a weird thing. I was going to say that. And when you don't hear back from like someone you think you liked, it's like, where do we actually stand? So I guess be the one to set this specific time. Yes. Invite and, and set a date and sort of yeah. make it give options to choose from. Is that weird? Or is that like what I prompt and specific? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's, that's reasonable for people's lives and schedules. Be like, Hey, yeah. here's three dates. We're available. Pick one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, most of my friends, um, my new friends yeah. are like, on my kids' sports teams, the other moms, you know? So, like, I see them all the time, and it's always just this weird, you know, and then your kid maybe plays for a different team, and then your friendship is left in limbo, and you're like, where are we we friends, or were we sidelined for it? Right, right. (laughs) We talk a lot about you go first hospitality, and it's a hard concept because we're all waiting for the invitation and trying to gauge, like, interest and all that stuff. And it doesn't always end up in a successful gathering, but I think we'll never know unless we go first a lot of the times, mm-hmm. right? So Yeah, they could yeah. come to your house and be totally weird and you'll be like, that's the last time. <laughs> exactly. You heard it from Brittany. <laughs> I'm sure that the, I've gotten my first and last invite before. So, <laughs> you know, okay. that's how these things go. Okay, so my next question Okay, this is sort of a really quick, like, not, we probably won't dig into this, but having kids, um, it's really important that my kids be included in just about everything that I do. And I have a lot of friends who maybe they only have like one child or they don't have kids at all. And they're kind of like, do you want to do a dinner? And they mean like just the adults. Yeah. So I always kind of struggle. Like, I don't, I work at my kid's school. I'm a teacher at my kid's school. My husband teaches at my kid's school. So we're all together all the time. It's not as big of a deal now, but I don't know. And this might be a manners type thing. Mm -hmm. When is it appropriate to say to someone, I want my kids to come? And how do you like broach that subject with somebody if they've invited you to dinner? Yeah. So this is a really, really good question. And I think you have to know like your friendship goals and desires with the other couple too. But oftentimes when they say that, it's because they are trying, you know, maybe who knows how they are with kids, right? Like maybe they feel insecure. They don't have toys at their house or all those different things, right? Mm -hmm. So I would would start by asking them, like, is it okay if the kids come? And if not having a conversation, just saying, hey, we're in a season where we want to spend time with our kids. And so that's where your goal has to um, lead the way. Because like if you're trying to build a relationship with them, maybe you can find a sitter and respect their yeah. their um, desire. I mean, we did a poll on Instagram a while ago on kids and hospitality, and some people are just not comfortable. Um, it could right if for so many different reasons. Maybe they're afraid of behavior or messes or noise, and that's sad. But it's real. Yeah, yeah. But it's, no, it's real. And if that's the like you said, the season of their life, yeah, that's a. I mean, there's a time where I'm like, do we have to bring the kids? And, you know, sometimes I want to, I'm like, can we just have an adult only night? I mean, that happens. Yeah. 
I think it's always we got invited to um we got invited recently to like a trivia, like a trivia night. Fun. And it's on a Wednesday and it's one of those things where like I don't want to I want to participate but I also like I would like to get to know these people with my kids around. They have older children so it's not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like a weird like how do I <laughs> I hope they. I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> She'll know exactly. <laughs> <Let's get off. laughs> Maybe I won't. I won't get into. It. But okay. you know, like I want to get to know these people. But like that was kind of their their standing invitation. And I'm like, okay, but what if? Yeah. We went to like the park, or you know, just yeah, did something. Do that. I mean, funny. I think that's. I think it's totally fair. I think we get nervous. There's this Thai word. Um, Call a gring jai, they say, when it's like being overly considerate, like you are so wrapped up in like what's okay, what's not okay. And I think as a culture, we've really bought into that with hospitality, like special diet things, dogs, it goes to a lot of different things. Um, but I think mm-hmm. just asking is actually refreshing to people because it takes like the elephant out of the room, it clears things up, it prevents offense. Yeah. So that's real. I think point. it's always okay to just ask. Okay. The next question is a little bit more of a general hospitality manners. So my youngest had his birthday party recently. And as he's opening gifts, I'm like writing down every, every gift and who bought it and, you know, that kind of stuff. And of all the moms there, they were like, please don't write me a thank you note. If that's what, cause they realized that's what I was doing. And I'm like, do it for my thank you notes. And they're like, please don't write me a thank you note. Like, you got it. We're good. Every single, and I'm from the South. So yeah. like, if you don't write a thank you note, you might as well have just like set a fire in someone's lawn. Yeah. Because it's a big deal. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is this the death of the thank you note? Is that happening? <laughs> We're just in a weird time and culture, right? Where I think things are going to start to go back to the ways of old soon. We're just in this weird like limbo. And so I would say, I would say t- stick to it because Gratitude is another way of pursuing people, I think, and showing them intention and care. But, oh man, let me think about that. I don't think I've seen anything formally written or researched, but I do think we're in this in-between of people don't feel like it's required, but just a kind gesture. Yeah. And I just got new stationery and I just got my mommy and black seals. Yeah, I'll write you one, man. And I sent out, so when we did Claim to Fame, we all have a group chat. And I sent out my postable, like the, you know, the app that you can get everybody's address and they have their yeah. birthday in it. So you, it'll send you like a reminder if it's someone's birthday, You're but you can also cool. use it as like your Christmas card list and all that kind of stuff. And everybody's kind of like, oh, that's cute. Like, <laughs> How am I going to send you thank you notes if I don't have your address? Yeah. Like, like it's, it should be a pretty normal, I guess we don't have people's address anymore. We have their phone number and we have the, their email and mm-hmm. Instagram, but we don't have their like physical, I need to mail you things. Yes. <laughs> there are studies, there are studies about the psychological like benefits of receiving snail mail. Like those are real studies. Mail. So let's, we're doing it here. We're shifting the culture here. We're shifting it back, yes. starting in this conversation. Send letters, man. Send a birthday <laughs> card. Yeah, yeah. The birthday cards are the sweetest thing. It's so much yeah. better. Birthday texts are great because, you know, you look down at your phone, and you're like, oh, surprise. Like, yeah. I have a little, it's instant, right? But a yeah. birthday card, oh, that's so cool. That is it so is. special. It is. I, I never throw them away. I keep probably 99% of my birthday oh. cards. Who sends you the 1%? No, <laughs> <laughs> That don't make it. No, I'm kidding. Well, I'm not gonna. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's usually, just Funny. like X's. Yeah. <laughs> Done with that. Um, okay. Was that the last one? No, I have one more. That's okay. Right. So, um, this is sort of the impromptu, impromptu, um, unannounced guest question. So, like, I, like I said, I will never. I am not great at. This is. I'm not. I'm not supposed to say never. I am working on being the person who invites people into my home. Yeah. I love my home. It's co- every time someone comes here, they say your house is so cozy. Cause it is, mm-hmm. there's nothing fancy, nothing breakable. So it's just, it's so cozy. Um, so I don't plan, but if someone walks through my door, that's almost better for me. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that like the, the bare necessities to keep on hand 
in terms of like, um, I already have like coffee, but like, you know, having something sort of prepared for that, like unannounced guest, so that the necessities of having someone in your space unannounced are met. You know, does that make sense? You didn't read, like you didn't research on my platform for this question, right? You just came up with this. Yeah, I can't. Why is that? No, because we are launching a product for the holidays that meets this exact question. (gasps) The kit. Oh, I love that. It's a kit for the last minute guests. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm going to write that down. (laughs) So we had originally called it, um, oh crap kit. Like, oh crap, they're here. (laughs) But (laughs) we decided to change it because, um, that wouldn't appeal to the whole audience, but Right, um, I get it. It's called La Vite Kit. Vite is French for like easily or quick. And it's the five things that you need for um for a last minute guest to set like I love that. for an instant gathering. Yep. So it's a platter, um, a platter and a cheese knife set. And then a vase that you could put um clippings from outside or flowers from the grocery store in. Super quick. Um, a pitcher that I encourage people look at the fruit that's going bad in your fridge and any random herbs, throw them in that pitcher, make a pretty infused water. And that's almost going to be a centerpiece. People love Oh, I will water. look so fancy. Yeah. Yep. So pitcher, vase, platter, cheese knives, um, and a candle. So candle sets a whole ambiance for an event. Mm-hmm. So it invites people into comfort, which I really like. That was always my job. Whenever my mom mm-hmm. had her every weekend, she was like, go light the candles. Oh, so I'd always have to go. <laughs> I was the candle lighter. Are you going to throw my candle? No, you still like them? <laughs> no, I love it. I, that's what I do. So when I know someone's coming, I'm like, let me light some candles real quick. <laughs> forget, forget the peeling wallpaper. Let me light a candle. No, it makes a huge difference. It really yeah, does. It does. Um, but what I also love about it for the sake of our kit is if you didn't have time to clean, a, a fresh scent makes people feel like they're surrounded by cleanliness. And yeah. so it's serving two purposes, kind of like an instant house refresher and ambiance. Um, and so I recommend finding a place to set those things up, your kitchen island, your coffee table in your living room, um, wherever you physically want people to gather. Yeah. Okay. So my yeah. husband and I have this joke. It's called the whip around. It's what we do like five minutes before people come up for. Yeah. And it is like, fierce we have a system but we always do from the front door yeah to the seating area so it's like the path yeah <laughs> people are like oh can I and I'm like don't veer from the path we're <laughs> gonna light I just put like a baby gate up yeah but I'm like stay in this zone and so that's what I want to like I don't want to be that person like I want people to be able to come to my house and be like okay this is okay but like yeah. right now for example like my rabbit I have a rabbit Amazing. He's downstairs and he's throwing stuff around and he's acting crazy. I'm like, I couldn't let people come into my, they'll take my kids away. if they kidding me? That would be the most relatable. You're, yours would be the house to be at. <laughs> I always have, my kids get animals and then I, and the zookeeper that ends up having to take care of them. That's so fun. That's so fun. But so what you described as that flow, we actually call feast flow and it's the way that you position things to instruct guests where to go. So for example, if you don't want them looking at your porch and you don't want them in the kitchen as you're cooking and it's stressful, you don't want the station to be in there because that's where they're going to gather. So if you want them out of the kitchen, um, whatever, in the area that you cleaned, that's where you put the food. So um, yeah. Stations. That I would have never. <laughs> I'm the one that's like, don't look over there. (laughs) And of course, the first thing they do is break it down into stations. Oh my gosh, girlfriend, we're going to have to do a part two, but, um, state, yeah. Feast flow. So you want to place things strategically where you want people to flow through your space, which it sounds like you already are a master of. Um, and then yeah, stations for them to interact with your new love eat kit. (laughs) I, I'm absolutely going to order one. That's amazing. I'm probably going to get one for my mother-in-law too. My mom has all the stuff. My mom is such an entertainer. It's such a gift too. And she's such a like, I'm trying to be more like her because she's such a like joyful entertainer. It warms her heart to have a full kitchen. And so I'm like, I want to feel that way. Like I want that joy whenever people come in. I don't want to be thinking about all these things that my failings, like, you know, 
Oh no. Are they looking at that? Are they judging me? I don't want to feel that way. And I don't, you and I should do because you're not the only one. I think that you and I should write a list of like hospitality truths and like, it could be from scripture, right? Cause like really the Bible is a book of food and gathering. Like it is like the biggest cookbook. Right. And so Jesus had a lot to say about it. And I think just culturally, just like with the loneliness epidemic that we have, there's mm-hmm. so much power in that space. So I think that'd be so fun to do like for both of our just like mental health and like hospitality. Yeah. And then we could post. It, it's not about us. That's the, that's yeah. what I, I'm like, this isn't my show. I'm not inviting yeah. people here to be a spectator. I'm inviting people here because I we need community. Yeah. Have you read? I'm sure you have. Which one? Have you read um, The Gospel Comes with the House Key? I've been told about it a hundred times, but I haven't read okay. it. Is yeah. It well, that's. So I, I kind of skimmed, you know, I didn't yeah. read the entire thing, which yeah. is a, I mean, it's a good of course, <laughs> but, um, I, that was sort of the, my, you know, everybody has their takeaway from it yeah. that, that applies to their life. And the big thing for me was like, it's not about me. Stop thinking about yourself. Like who cares? Like that, yeah. if I can have people over and give them warmth and hospitality and, you know, make them feel important and like we share something like give part of my heart. They're not going to leave remembering whether like I did everything perfectly. Yeah. The other things are just tools. They, I want them to be beautiful because beauty is important. Yeah. And God values beauty and order and those types of things. But, you know, I think that that part of it prevents me from the best part of it. And that's, yeah, that's my difficulty. I was um, saying something earlier in the day um, and I I was reminded of it myself that it's a muscle. And sometimes when that muscle is worked, it's sore. Like when we're going back to the gym for the first time, we're like, dang it, I haven't used that one in a while. That's a new one. But I think the more you push through and the more that you keep those like affirmate, you know, affirmations, like in your mind, just like the truth, um, it's going to become a new muscle. I think what I love, or it's not going to hurt as much. I think what I love about you is just your heart for it. Like your yes is so secure. You're like, I want this so bad. I do. I do. Well, because God's not like, hey, you should welcome your brothers and sisters into your home. Like after it's perfect and after you've had your couch clean and you know, like it's not, that's not the, that's not the requirement. Um, I want to hear just a little bit from you as we wrap up. We ask each of our guests these same three questions. And the first one is something you have eaten recently and loved. Okay. So we were just in Chattanooga last weekend because my mom did an Ironman. Yeah. Which for people who are not insane is a triathlon. You swim 2.4 miles. You bike like 112 or 14 or something. And then you, after that, you run a marathon, which is nuts. So anyway, we went to cheer for her and we went to um, this little restaurant in the hotel it's not it's not part of the hotel but it's in the hotel and they had peanut butter and jelly french toast and it had so it was like some kind of jelly but then it had this peanut butter cream cheese that was the best thing and i kept trying to make everyone at the breakfast taste it and i was like we're we're good with your french like we're good thank you but it was so delicious that i haven't stopped talking about it and i want to figure out how to make it because it's so perfect um okay so you just called the french toast beautiful but what else have you found to be beautiful lately the turn of the season yeah i'm so excited it's fall it was like um it was uh 98 degrees 99 degrees here and then all of a sudden we woke up one day and it was 54 and it was so special and we Got out our, I love a navy and white stripe. I was so excited. That's so fun. You're excited about it because I'm like a summer year round girl. So (laughs) I just need to decorate my porch and then. (laughs) We have a pretend winter here because we're in Mississippi. Okay. Okay. So, you know, this is as cold as it's probably going to get. Yes. (laughs) That I could do. That I could do. Um, and a gathering you attended that made you feel a strong sense of belonging. And if you could pinpoint it, what it was that made you feel this way. Okay. So, uh, two weeks ago we had our priest over for dinner and it was something, um, scheduled 
a long time in advance. So we were, we got to get hyped about it and we were so excited and, you know, um, he's Irish. So he just wanted meat and potatoes. So I did, you know, just a very basic meal, but my kids, the excitement of my kids setting the table. And then, um, my youngest went in to the place settings and he wrote his name on the napkin next to our priest because he wanted to get to sit you know next to him and it was the sweetest thing like they were so looking forward to it they were so helpful because they were like it's like a celebrity coming to your house like they see him at church every week so um in just the simplicity of it just you know sitting around the table and and them talking about faith and school and it was just a really sweet moment and it you know there's been a lot of stuff going on in our lives you know this it's craziness and so to to strip it all down to this very basic meal with just the family and this man of god in our house and it was really special it was um i could cry thinking about it you know i capture that i love that it sounds like you already have but girlfriend you are such a good host already this is good i'm so excited to just see the transformation in people's hearts as they gather at your table you know i hope so that's like that would be the biggest blessing in my life you have such a way about you that just like invites authenticity like you show up so authentically you stop it i I just just want to encourage you in that because like that's what i saw like through the screen but that's what i'm seeing now and I think that's what people are so hungry for. So just keep doing that. That's yeah. That's the comfort and belonging that people need. Yeah. In someone like you, like you. So that's so kind. Well, where do you want to send people? I mean, I don't really, yeah, I don't really, I'm not really doing anything other than, you know, the show. We can have them watch the show maybe. And yeah, I, I have Instagram, but I've been, I, you know, I'm full-time working now, so um, I do art, uh, I paint, and every now and then I share, like, the art shows I'm in on Instagram. Amazing. Good. But uh, I'm just a, I'm just a, I just like to chill at home. (laughs) 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 I'm not really active. (laughs) Well, thank you, thank you so much for this. I'm sure there was so much that everyone could take away from it, and I just, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for taking the time. Of course. Thank you for having me anytime. Of course. Okay. This was really fun. Well, until next week, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.